This is Sports Jam, and my guest is the iconic, award-winning sports pop culture artist, John Kostakos, who has unveiled a new blockchain-based digital collectibles company, the Kostakos Collection. Oh yeah, you know John, those wonderful posters, sports posters that made him so famous along with his brother Talk years ago, selling more than 30 million posters during a 10 to 12 year period. Unbelievable artist, John Kostakos, welcome to Sports Jam. Hey, thanks for having me. The Kostakos Collection reimagines John's fame poster series and creates new digital art in collaboration with legendary athletes and their foundations, and that's important, including Warren Moon, Troy Aikman, Pudge Rodriguez, Jim McMahon, Roger Clements, Kenny Easley, Will Clark, and many others. The Kostakos Collection can be found at kostakoscollection.com. Digital art, it's what's in these days, John. I'm not surprised that you're venturing into this. Tell us how you got involved in digital art after so many years. We'll, we'll talk about your background, but so many years as, as being the iconic poster guy for for so long, but digital art is really what it's all about right now. Yeah, it's it's a whole new it's a whole new world where 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 we are transferring into a time when, in addition to you know hard assets or hard art, you know real life art, you know a painting or a print, you know something tangible like that is now that I think is always going to exist. But the digital stuff is has has a lot of amazing parts to it. And one of them is there's no storage problem. You know, if you want to put art on your wall, you only have so much real estate in your house, in your room or whatever for the stuff that you like, right? If you want to put a print up there and frame it up, well, you got to get the print, you got to frame it, you got, you know, and you can only have so many of those. With the digital stuff, you can buy as many of them as you want and have them scroll on your big screen, you know, or on a computer monitor. And so that's one really cool thing about it. From my standpoint, uh, there's no distribution problem because it just goes out digitally instantly and it's awesome. So that's kind of fun. But the best part about it for me, because I don't really care about it, the other stuff, I don't want to do anything other than create. I get I can create stuff that was impossible. I could visualize stuff back in the day for what the poster would look like. What I'd, I'd be working with a player and wanting to do something with him. And we'd come up with an idea and it's like, no, it, it, we didn't have the technology to do it or we didn't have a giant budget to be able to do it. Now, pretty much whatever I can conceive of in my head, we can create. And that's it's and it's like shooting something with somebody. I, you know, I shot something a couple, three years ago with Aaron Judge, like going in and shooting something today is like compared to shooting on film is, I mean, you're going to look in the back of the camera now and know exactly what it looks like. Oh, okay, we need to change this. Back then we're shooting on film and we don't know what we got until we get the film back the next day, right? So now you can perfect it. You can do whatever you want. It's like being, the way I describe it is being a fighter pilot in World War II. You get to go back and fight the same battles in an F-18, you know, with smart bombs and everything. So it's just, you can do anything. And that's the, that's the most fun is conceiving of something. Go, okay, how do we do it? Not can we do it? It's how do we do it? There's something also special that I mentioned about this Kostakos collection and about John Kostakos is the fact that it's about foundations. You got back into 
the whole art form after several years of being away because you wanted to help out foundations and, and started to hook up again with players. Why is that so important to you? I know you, you, how you live long enough and you see how, and you've been in this world, you know, you've been around some of the athletes, you see, especially what their foundations do, you know, over the years, like, I'd get phone calls from people back in the day and they'd want some posters for their charity auctions and things like that. And to me, I just see lots of people, lots of people, not just the athletes or, and former athletes. There's just lots of people doing foundational work and, and people are benefiting from it. And when, you know, all you really takes is like one story, uh, one story and it kind of makes a difference. I'll never forget this. I did something for the cystic fibrosis foundation a couple of years because one of my friends was involved in that. And this was in the early nineties. And this kid, he was the cystic fibrosis, you know, the spokesperson his name was Bernie. Briere, B-R-I-E-R-E. I don't know if I pronounce it right, but this kid was like 12 maybe. And he knew he wasn't going to make it to 20 or, you know, whatever it was. It was like, here's this young kid that I'm meeting and I'm having, I have my, my business and I don't know, I'm, you're in your twenties, early thirties and business is good. And all I, you, you know, everybody, I think we just see, we got a long, we got a long uh, line in front of us that so we're, we're going to travel a long road. And here's this young kid who knows he's not going to make it. And I saw my friend Tim and all the other people in the foundation and everything they were doing. Well, yeah, you might not know what your donation does in terms of progress, but I would always think, hey, listen, there's going to be a time when all of this uh, research and all this help makes a difference. I, it, that kind of changed my life meeting Bernie. So, hmm. That mind that you've been referring to is such a creative mind, and you have a new opportunity to reimagine anything you want, as you, you've mentioned. We have the Super Bowl coming up. Will that spark any new ideas and players for this collection? Well, yeah. It, well, first of all, it depends on what happens uh, at the game, because you never know. You might have one of those, you know, Joe Montana drives or, or Marcus Allen runs or the David Tyree catch, you know. You might have something like that come up and you just don't know. And that's kind of the magic about, about the game. Yeah. I started thinking like a Ram and a tiger, you know, the Bengal, there's so many cool things that you could do with that. You know, and I, you think about like, you know, you got to think a little like Don King once in a while, you think about the thriller in the, in Manila, you know, and, or those kinds of, of things. So I, I play around with those in my head just for fun. And, you know, there may I've, I've talked with the guys and said, well, maybe we come up with something. Can we come up with something about this matchup? And it's cool that the, that the, the Bengals, you know, have a chance because, you know, they've never won it, you know, and that's kind of cool. It's also, you know, the Rams just got back to LA in recent years and which doubt, doubt there are a whole lot of people in St. Louis rooting for them, but, you know, it's kind of like the Sonics being down in, in, in OKC, you know, uh, although, you know what? No, I'm not going to say it. Um, <laughs> I mean, at least, at least, uh, at least St. Louis lost their team to a city that's bigger than them. That's, a, that's how I'll say it. <laughs> anyway, so, so I, I'm, I'm thinking of stuff, but right, right now it, there's just so much to learn about. There's so much to learn, especially for, you know, if I was young, if I was 20 years old, I probably, it's a native language to me, all the digital stuff. 
I got to learn this. You know, it's like a growing up learning a foreign language as opposed to just growing up in a household and hearing it spoken and you speak like a native. So there's so much to do that it's I've just been focus, focusing on all this because we got the four quarterbacks in this drop. And it was like, I, I go back to the old roots where it's like, I'm terrified that he's not going to like the art, you know? And so. Has that ever happened? Because everybody that I've ever heard, they rave about the posters that you made of them. They said, if you had a John Costanco's poster, then you made it. You've made it in that sport. That's how, that's how they revered your poster work. And it, you know, they were fun. Some of the people that, that, that you had, like Charles Barkley, I mean, he became good friends with you. He, he enjoys going to a party with you. He was even talking about, I saw in one of the films, you really were able to capture the essence and personality of these players. Now I want to ask you the NFTs you're talking about a language. It's, it's a language that some people can't grasp yet. And I can't say that I'm an expert when it comes to it. Can you give us a little sense about the digital art form and how these, this artwork transfers? Here's what I learned. Here's how I learned to understand NFT. The NFT, it's a really bad title, like non-fungible token. All right. Couldn't they come up with something better for it? Maybe we will, but it's a piece of code embedded into the digital art piece that authenticates it. And then if, and then the blockchain, you know, it follows it, it follows the blockchain is like Carfax for it. So over time, if you buy something, there's a record of it and you sell it to me, there's a, I can see when you bought it and how much you bought it for. So, you know, 200 years from now, somebody will own this digital art piece somewhere and they'll be able to look back at all the people who, who bought it and how much, you know, it went for each time. So the, so it's, it's like when you buy a piece, uh, a print and you have one of 250 or one of 25 and it has the artist's signature and one of, you know, two, number one of 250 or number 10 of 250, you got something that a certificate with there's some authenticity. So if you ever want to sell it, that's where that value is. This is all digital. It's a digital version of it. It's a great explanation. We're speaking with John Costacos here on Sports Jam. So many great players, individual players that are playing in the Super Bowl, like Aaron Donald and Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. I can see wonderful posters because I can still see all your iconic posters. Jim McMahon, I can, I can still see that. I can see Kenny Easley. Kenny Easley was one of your, your first and, and early ones. And so let's go back to your days in Seattle. Speaking of Kenny Easley, that's where you grew up. You went to the University of Washington. Mm-hmm. You and your brother talked, and it was Purple Rain yeah. by my lady's favorite artist and one of my favorites, Prince, mm-hmm. inspired you to make T-shirts. And that's what started the Kostakos' brilliant idea to capture the essence of sports on either t-shirts and then it transformed into posters. Take us back to the day you were listening to Purple Rain and how that all worked out. My alarm clock went off on a Sunday morning and uh, and Purple Rain was playing. And uh, it's in 1984, the Huskies had just beaten Michigan on the road and Michigan was a big powerhouse. And Huskies up until that point, at that point were not, up in that tier and the and the defense was really good like the defense was especially good and so i don't know and then the uh 
I just heard the song and then I then looked at the newspaper, read about the Huskies and, and I thought, you know, I don't know, maybe I could do and, and that's where the idea came from. So I spelled it R E I G N called my best friend, Tom Roberts, who lived in LA at the time. He's a designer. And I said, why don't we do this? And, uh, and I gave him an idea of what I was thinking and he nailed it first try. It was this cartoon football player falling out of the sky underneath a cloud with rain. And he's about to squash this little tiny player underneath him. And, and it took off and I sold 23,000 shirts before I knew what I was doing. And so, um, and I realized if you hit a hot market, you have a chance to do, to, 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 to do pretty well. And, and then, uh, and then my brother and I talked about, uh, doing another one and we created real men wear black for the Raiders. And, uh, there was, because the Raiders sell everywhere, there were stores in Seattle selling them. We were in a lock store called the locker room in downtown Seattle. And the girl at work there, I asked her what, uh, what people asked. I was just ta talking to her. And, what do people ask for that you don't have? Just kind of probably a strange question to ask somebody, but I, anyway, she just said immediately a poster of Kenny easily. So I'm thinking, okay, everybody asked for it. They don't have it. All right. Are there any? No. And so I called up the Seahawks and asked how I could get Kenny Easley's agent. So they gave me Lee Steinberg's name and I'm thinking, no, there's no way I'm going to get to him. He's the biggest agent in the business. Right. Well, I left a message anyway. And I got a phone call back from Jeff Morad, who is his new partner, new, you know, just come into his firm. And, uh, you know, so, you know, the new guy called me and then Kenny wanted to meet and talk about it. And so I tell people all the time, uh, you're one yes answer away from doing the impossible, you know? And so the defensive player of the year said, yes. Wow. You know, I, as, as you're talking about this, I'm thinking of back in the day, you going before Shark Tank with this idea and them loving it because it's something that wasn't being done. And then when you see the product immediately, it's, it's, it was outstanding. I mean, the different people with the different scenes that you did capture the imagination of not only fans, but the players themselves. They wanted your work, and people through the years have collected your work, which is yeah. what has to be exciting for you. So when you look back at this whole process, mom didn't want you to do this at first. She wanted you to be a lawyer or, or a doctor, right? Oh, yeah. This is, that's the Greek parent thing. You know, the children of Greek immigrants wanted their parents, their parents, you know, my grandparents, like, all came from, you know, like from places where in Greece and Turkey, my mom's parents were Greeks born in Turkey. My dad's parents were from Greece. They all had like second, third. I think the most educated was fifth grade education, right? They came to America valuing education and their kids were going to college. My mom and dad went to college, right? And so that, that generation basically said, you got two things to do in life, be a doctor or a lawyer, and you have to marry a Greek, you know? So that's basically the rules, you know? And so, yeah, they, doctor, lawyer, I, I think, I think my mom, I think if you asked her today, she'd be like, yeah, that's what I wanted. But if you said, do you ever, if you said, or if I said to her mom, do you really think that I would have enjoyed being a doctor or a lawyer? My mom would just start laughing and she'd say, no, I, I I'm unable to think in the box. So luckily I found something outside the box that I could do and have some fun with and have a career with. 
you ever go back to the University of Washington to watch any games and, and put yourself back in those shoes? Oh, yeah, we got season tickets. We go, you know, it's a little painful because the program hasn't, you know, stayed on, hasn't been as strong as as it was. But, you know, one of the other fun things about about being in the sports business, you meet enough people in it and you see them as people. And so I I, I know long, for a long time I haven't really cared, like been, I shouldn't say cared, I haven't been this home team guy, you know, it's like, okay, so a bunch of kids who go to the university that I used to go to win a game a bunch of, against a bunch of kids that go to a different university that I don't know. I mean, I don't know any of them. Like, it's going to make me in a good mood or a bad mood. You know, sorry. You know, and just and so I just I like good sport. I love great athletes or great moments or great teams. So, you know, if you ask me who I want to win the Super Bowl, I'm not really sure I care. You know, and and maybe some of that comes from having been in that business and knowing which team winning will make you more money. You know, mm. it's like that sucks. That takes the fun out of just watching the game and wanting somebody. There's wanting somebody to win because you like that team. You're like their quarterback or whatever. And then there's wanting somebody to win because, oh, my God, we're going to make so much more money and meet all our obligations and our minimum guarantees and everything. So that being said. You probably aren't into sports betting then, are you? And I'm lucky in like most things. In, I'm so lucky in so many things in life. Betting is not one of them. Okay. So like, if you want to double your money, go to Vegas with me. All right. I will buy one chip. Okay. I'll put it on red in roulette. Just spin the wheel once. I guarantee you it'll land on black. Okay. Just put everything you own on black and you'll double, double what you have. So yeah, no <laughs> gambling. I stay away from that. John Costacos has had plenty of luck when it comes to his artwork. Jim McMahon, we talked about, uh, he's back as part of your, your collection. He would, you know, what a character he was when they were winning uh, the Super Bowl with the, the fridge and everybody like that. When we look at some of these uh, collections, Tops is also partnering with the collection. You want to talk about that? Well, yeah, we, we, we have an agreement and we have an agreement with them and we're talking about how we're going to do it. And we're probably, we're looking forward to baseball season. We're, we're still not sure what we're going to do. We're batting ideas around on how we're going to do it. And it may be a, a set of images of, of the current players. So you can go back in time way past when you were coming up with ideas. It's the one athlete that you would have really liked to have done artwork with that you never got the opportunity just because they weren't around when you were there? Well, I would say like the first answer, Reggie Jackson. Okay. Mm. Cause he had retired and Reggie was bigger than life and Reggie was money. And you know, when you like, Hey, three home runs and three consecutive swings at the same game of the world series. And it's, and he, and he was bigger than life. You know, it's like Mr. October, I would have loved to do that, but if you ask me the poster that I wish I could have done, it's Red Grange because the Galloping Ghost is the coolest nickname ever. I think it's just, it's such a cool mythical name. You know, and I'm, you think there are a few others. I would say Joe Namath is one, but the Galloping Ghost. And maybe it's because it was a hundred years ago, you know, roughly. And, and that guy, you know, those, those guys are even more mythical. You, you know, you go back to, Ty Cobb and, and Babe Ruth and Walter Johnson and, and Cy Young, like back then we have less video. 
fewer interviews. You don't have any real insight. And so they're, they're more mythical to us. So hundred years from now, the players from now are going to be mythical, but they'll, you'll know more about them, but there'll be something kind of cool reaching back. And, you know, and that's the thing when I think of these NFTs that we're doing, we had Dan Marino, Joe, uh, uh, Dan Marino, Troy Aikman, um, Jim McMahon and Warren Moon, right? So somebody can take the, this sports memorabilia, this sports art memorabilia, or it's a limited edition collectible, whatever you want to call it. And somebody will have it a hundred years ago or a hundred years from now. And they'll look back a hundred years ago. They'll know those names the way we know Ty Cobb, but they'll be able to know more about them. And I, I think that part is really cool. When you were talking about Red Grange, the four horsemen came into my mind saying that may have been the first John Costanco's kind of visual because they put them on horses, right? You know, for the, that was my brother. That's my brother's favorite one. That's the one that he always thought was cool. I mean, you think about it, the four horsemen. Uh, I mean, it's the four horsemen of the apocalypse. I mean, that's kind of a cool nickname. You're right. Uh, and talk's not a part of this collection, right? Yeah, I, I drive him too nuts. Yeah. He was the 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 guy that did the numbers for the Costancos brothers uh, through the years and and really uh, was the finest. You didn't even have experience in, in in art when it came to the University of Washington, right? No, neither of us had any experience in art, design or uh or printing or photography, anything. We had no experience or knowledge of it. And you know the and maybe that's why we did a decent job because we 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 conceived of the ideas without thinking of it in an artistic sense it was more i mean i've had like we use big bold letters on our posters right for the guy's name we tended to put his name at the top and his name at the bottom right and we you know i had these these guys that were up in montreal it was a really good design firm and and uh, i was talking to them one time they contacted me about getting a few of the posters and when i was talking to the guy he said you know why it's artistically wrong to you to do what you guys did because the image of the the guy we would you know focus on the image and make the letters smaller is what we would do and i said that's because i didn't know i didn't know any better to us the ball player is bigger than life his name should be up there bigger than life you know and so maybe that's not having any not looking at it from an artistic sense but looking at it, understanding how a kid or a fan sees this, this guy as a modern day superhero or, a, or bigger than life. And we wanted it. I think that's just what we did without even really consciously talking about it or thinking about it. I mean, you're a pretty humble guy. So this isn't really important to you. But the fact that 100 years from now, somebody will have a digital John Costanco's wonderful rendering of a Super Bowl quarterback or a great player in a moment that makes you live on forever. Doesn't it? Well, I think that like it, it wouldn't be anything different than somebody driving by and you see a building after name, somebody or a bridge with somebody's name on it. It's just a name, you know? So, you know, if anything, I would, if I could embed anything, I'd be into it. I'd say, Hey, listen, this is the time I lived. And these guys were, they were important to the people of our time. They were heroes. And, Kids had their posters on their walls and, and we watched them on Sundays or watched them in the Super Bowl. And they did, you know, they thrilled us, you know, with their the moments and the exploits or whatever. And, and you know, I hope you I hope that you uh, 
enjoy the people from your time, you know, and maybe look back a little bit and see videos of these guys and realize that it's going to look really old to you, but it was really cool to us, you know. Just two questions. The person that you just found just to be the most dynamic, interesting, or funny through the years that you've worked with, it doesn't have to be a part of the, you know, the, the reimagination in your collection, somebody that just touched you in a different way. Uh, Lester Hayes. <laughs> wow. Winslow is split left. Jefferson and Joyner to the right. Intercepted. And you know who. All the way to the 25-yard line goes Lester Hayes. What an amazing year for the young cornerback from Texas A&M. Lester Hayes able to anticipate, able to get a great jump on that ball. The receiver had fallen down on the play and just put himself beautifully in line for that one. Lester is Lester is the most fun guy. Uh, like I, he and I, he and I thought we still stay in touch and he's just, that right? he would, you know, there was a reason the, the reporters loved going to Lester's uh, locker, you know, because Lester had these great quotes, you know, you had, you had Howie Long on that team and how he's like, he, he was great. He's really smart. And he, he would, you know, talk really honestly about the game and, but they liked Lester because Lester would be like, they liked Lester also. What I mean is like, because Lester was colorful and he talked like you talked about being a Jedi Knight and you know things like that. He he had that kind of person. But the thing that, that I love about him is he's warm and fun and he's a happy guy. I love him. Charles Barkley, same thing. It's like instant in Charles is is so fun. You know, a lot of times you meet somebody, you see what you think that they're like from being on TV, and then you meet them and you realize it's like. Charles Barkley, yeah, he's a wise ass and he he loves it. He loves a jab, but he loves it when you jab him back. But Charles is a guy that will be there. He's like, Charles is really great. He's he's like a really good friend and he really cares be, about people. And he's a really deep, he's a really deep person. He's kind of always being Charles and just being blunt and stuff. But that guy's money as a friend. He's he's great, you know. And so I don't know, just there's so many guys I would say. Jim Kelly, guy I'd want to be on my side in a fight. <laughs> Joe Montana, guy I'd want to be in the huddle with, you know? And so every one of them, you know, Steve Largent, the guy you want to have be your uncle or your dad or your neighbor, you know? Um, Kenny Easley, the guy you wouldn't want to piss off, you know? What a, what a great group of people to mention. You mentioned Lester Hayes, the great Oakland Raider. Uh, be careful if you had a poster of him because maybe the it might stick okay. to his hand. Oh. Yeah, you know, Todd Christensen told me his story. Like, because okay, so he, Fred Belenikov used to put a little stick him on his hand so he wouldn't drop the ball. All right, I mean, I'm surprised they haven't canceled him. How come he didn't get canceled for having the award named after him? I don't know. Eventually, <laughs> they'll get him probably. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, but Lester took it to a whole new level. I mean, there are photos of Lester dipping his hand in a can of stick and it's just goo all over the place all over his arm todd christensen told me he was another really great guy todd christensen i was so sad when he died um but he he said that that lester had he would put it on his jersey on his tape on, and he said one time in practice like the, uh they threw a pass and it hit lester in the jersey 
like on his back and it's stuck to his jersey or like on his side under his arm it's stuck to his jersey you know yeah Lester. he was indeed a character and, and and a great player too so not to we take anything we have some nfts of him coming up i look forward to that and speaking of that take us to the costacos collection.com we go there and how do we get this type of wonderful digital art from you well there you go there and you click on the individual pieces and you take a look at them and there there are some we have the, what we call in the legacy collection which is uh it's, it's nicely done art and the reason we did that is we did it for willie mays and it was re- it went out really well everybody liked it and um and it's a piece commemorating you know dan marino's sixty thousand yards and 400 and some touchdowns it has their numbers uh the numbers it's a career achievement piece the one that i that that was the most fun to do is was called hands of the gods and it has the four quarterbacks it's mcmahon each individual mcmahon marino uh aikman and moon uh their handprint on a ball and it's spinning it's it's kind of the ball's up in the clouds you know up in the sky and it has clouds and the ball's spinning it was actually getting their handprint so i had to practice in my office, my assistant Lisa and I were like, we're, we're trying different kinds of inks and different kinds of paint. And how do we get the right hand print to get it done? Right. How do we get it on a football? And then, uh, and Warren moon came in cause Warren lives in Seattle. Uh, or he's here most of the time, I think anyway, and you just, you know, it's like, wow, we just had a hall of fame quarterback be willing to come in and be, and let us, I mean, maybe test is probably a good word, you know, because we had tested it a bunch with, with our hands. We thought we had it down, but you don't know. And then you got a guy with bigger hands and uh, we got to get his grip on the football and everything, but it, it, he was great. And so it turned out well. And then it was like, okay, I'm going to Dallas to see Troy and going to Miami to see Dan and going to Arizona to see Jim. So uh, it was fun to see him again, you know, cause I haven't seen, except for Warren, I see Warren in Seattle occasionally, but I hadn't seen Jim and Dan and Troy for, 20 years easy so that was kind of fun we're kind of old uh maybe old but the creative mind of john costancos is just churning away and with a whole new collection now a new blockchain-based digital collectibles company the costancos collection once again you can find it on costancoscollection.com i hope the super bowl gives you great ideas i hope there are wonderful moments that uh that you can capture and uh if anybody has a poster from you I think they're taking another look at it and they're appreciating it even more after hearing from John Costacos on sports jam. We have, uh, we actually reimagined the posters too. We have, uh, we have new, uh, new updated remastered versions of those on the, on the, on the drop also. That was kind of fun doing. And looking through the outtakes, that's the best stuff. (laughs) Looking through the outtakes. And then, and then, okay, you'll be the first one that, that I actually show this to. Remember the um, remember um, remember when Jim McMahon mooned the helicopter, right? So uh, we were thinking, why don't we why don't we do something with that? Yeah, you know, I mean, <laughs> like he mooned the helicopter because nobody knew if he was going to play in the Super Bowl because he had the lower back injury. And the TV station sent out uh, uh, it was in New Orleans that year, I think. The TV station sent the helicopter over to see if he was practicing. So he drops his shorts and moons a helicopter. And the photo is brilliant. If you look up Jim McMahon mooning, it's brilliant. So, and the best part is if you look close up in the upper left-hand corner, it's a little out of focus, but it's Ron Rivera with this big smile on his face. 
Because, you know, Jim cracked everybody up. So I told him, I said, you know, we should we should do like NFT arts big. Let's get let's get your butt print in Bears colors on canvas. You know, we'll photograph and we'll NFT that. And he's like, he's burst out and started laughing because I'm in. And so, you know, like I told you, I had to, um, you know, use my own handprints on footballs and stuff to test it out to make because you can't go to you can't go to a retired ball player's house and go and not know what you're doing and have it be a total failure. So hang on. Get a special treat from John Costacos here on Sports Jam. All right. This here it comes. Pass. First pass to see we know what we're doing. So, you know. Awesome. <laughs> never before seen. And then never again seen, actually. <laughs> no matter what, it's fun, dog. It's fun. That's what it's all about. And uh, I love the fact that you, you love to laugh. You love sports. And your incredible talent is uh, coming through again with this collection. Best of luck, and we really appreciate your time on Sports Jam. Thanks for having me on. Sports Jam is a WBGO Studios production. You can check out all the podcasts from WBGO, including The Checkout and Jazz United, by going to wbgo.org slash studios, where you can find Sports Jam with Doug Doyle on the NPR list of podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Special thanks to Joe Favorito for getting us in touch with the incredible John Costacos. Until our next Sports Jam session, I'll see you at the game. <laughs>